Hello, and thank you for joining me today for Give Him 15. The title of our post today is The Church and the Culture. A few years ago, the Barna Research Group conducted a poll entitled, What Would People Like to Hear About in Church Sermons? The poll showed the broad interest Christians have in topics regarding governance and related social issues. When asked about interest in these topics, a clear majority of Christians expressed a desire to learn more. And here are the subjects they asked about and the percentage of Christians for each one who said, yes, I, want, I would like to hear sermons on this. Abortion, meaning the beginning of life. They included all these things in the question. Beginning of life, right to life, con contraception, adoption, unwed mothers, 91% wanted to hear more. Religious persecution, liberty, meaning personal duty versus government duty. Church response, global conditions, all of these things, part of that question, 86% wanted to hear more sermons about it. Poverty, personal duty versus government's role, church's response, homelessness, hunger, dependency. 85% wanted to hear sermons on this. Cultural restoration, appropriate morals, law and order, defensible values and norms, self-government, 83% wanted to hear more in church about cultural restoration. Sexual identity, same-sex marriage, transgenderism, marriage, LGBT, I think that's all there was at the time. 82% wanted to hear messages, sermons, teachings. What does the Bible say about Israel, role, their role in the world, Christian responsibility to Israel, U.S. foreign policy toward Israel and her enemies, 80%. Christian heritage, the role of the Christian faith in American history, the church's role in U.S. development, modern-day relevance, 79% wanted to hear more from the pulpits about this the role of government, biblical view, church-state relationship, personal responsibility, limitations, 76% wanted to hear more in church about this. Bioethics, cloning, euthanasia, genetic engineering, uh, cryogenics, organ donation, surrogacy, 76% wanted teaching on it. Self-governance, biblical support, personal conduct, impact on freedom, national sovereignty, 75%. Church in politics or government, separation of church and state, legal boundaries, church resistance to government, 73% wanted more sermons regarding this. And Islam, 
core beliefs, response to Islamic aggression, threat to U.S. peace and domestic tranquility, 72% wanted someone to give them a biblical perspective. People were asking for biblical guidance on these issues, which are certainly some of the most relevant and important of our time. The survey also asked pastors if they had plans to discuss these topics from the pulpit. The results? Only 14% answered yes. I wasn't surprised to see these percentages. I've encountered far more opposition in the church from pastors and leaders than I have the average church member when speaking of these issues. Most pastors either don't see them as biblical topics, figure that one out, are afraid of the IRS, think the topics are too divisive, as though God's word shouldn't be divisive at times, are controlled by the fear of man, loss of membership, members, job, status in the community, and so on. Consider these subjects as political, therefore off-limits at church. Consider them as personal matters and therefore should not be discussed at church. Or don't want to take the time to study and research the topics well enough to bring informed biblical teaching. And if you think these stats are inaccurate or that I'm wrong about my assertions, ask yourself how long it has been since your pastor addressed these issues. Sadly, most of you will have to answer never. Most pastors have chosen for one reason or another, to ignore parts of Scripture. Now you know why the majority of the church in America has an unbiblical worldview. Now you know why the most Christians won't make a stand against abortion and for life. Now you know why many Christians will vote for politicians who are liberal, woke, pro-abortion, and have other non-biblical beliefs. Now you know why many professing Christians believe there is more than one way or one path to God or to salvation. Now you know why many professing Christians believe homosexuality, transgenderism, including the permanent mutilation of children, adultery, sex outside of marriage, same-sex marriage, and other sinful lifestyles are fine. Now you know why many believers know little about America's Christian heritage. Now you know why many churches are lukewarm social clubs. And last, but certainly not least, we know why we lost a generation to drugs, sexual perversion, gender confusion, and also to godless, secularistic, humanistic, Marxist, and woke ideologies. 
This is why we contend for a third great awakening, a sweeping revival of historic proportions, America's only hope for true and lasting change. Then and only then can the reformations we need in all other areas occur. We must have both revival and reformation. Today, as we command God's forward, what he wrote at the beginning of the book, America's, as we command God's forward over America, I end with quotes from two of America's great early patriots who had no problem mixing God and government. The great Samuel Adams, Sam Adams, was known as the father of the American Revolution, instigated the Boston Tea Party, signed the Declaration of Independence, and called for the first Continental Congress. After the Declaration of Independence was signed, some wept, others bowed their heads in prayer. Samuel Adams rose and stated, We have this day restored the sovereign to whom alone men ought to be obedient. He reigns in heaven, and from the rising to the setting of the sun, may his kingdom come. As far as he was concerned, the birth of this nation and the Declaration of Independence was all about God. Our sixth president, John Quincy Adams, the son of John and Abigail, was a brilliant man. He was actually serving America's government at 14 years of age. On July the 4th, 1801, 25 years after we were born, America's 25th birthday, he made the following momentous statement. The highest glory of the American Revolution was this. It connected in one indissoluble bond the principles of civil government with the principles of Christianity. That's worth reading again. The highest glory of the American Revolution was this. It connected in one indissoluble bond the principles of civil government with the principles of Christianity. Profound. Let's pray. Father, <clears throat> excuse me, Father, as we command the foreword today, agreeing with America's founders, we are also agreeing with you. Saying what you said, which is the definition of biblical confession, we are decreeing your kingdom will and purposes. And we are producing the synergy of the ages, allowing you to perfect and complete today what you started through these early leaders. We agree with Sam Adams, declaring that when America was born, the will of our sovereign was released. He 
or our sovereign God was released. He to whom alone men ought to be obedient. Read that again, do it right. We agree with Sam Adams declaring that when America was born, the will of our sovereign God was released. He to whom alone men ought to be obedient. Our God reigns in heaven, and from the rising to the setting sun, his kingdom will come. We declare that. We agree with John Quincy Adams declaring the highest glory of the American Revolution to have been that it connected in one indissoluble bond the principles of civil government with the principles of Christianity. We command these truths back into the core of American life and thinking. We ask for fire to return to America's churches, the fires of revival. We ask for bold, fearless, biblical preaching and teaching to be resurrected. We ask that passion for you and your presence would return an insatiable hunger for you and your word. Convict us where we have bowed to an unbiblical government, the culture around us, unrighteous education systems, and mooringless courts and judges. Forgive us for allowing these and other things to steal the seed of your word, causing it to be unfruitful. We have built upon the sand, and our nation is crumbling. Bring the merciful shaking of which you spoke, and cause the unbiblical foundations to fall, then restore us to your roots and foundations. Send revival here and around the world. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. And our decree today. We declare that the shaking of America here, it's already here, it's already happening. We declare that the shaking of America here and coming will be merciful and redemptive, restoring us to our God and his purposes. Amen. Well, thank you for joining me. Thank you for praying with us. Thank you for caring enough about this nation to take a few minutes every day and pray. Thank you for what you're doing as you mark, paint your borders and command the forward. Thank you, all of you. Have a good weekend, and I'll see you all.